0: Freedom Joe Biden says he would have saved 200,000 lives if he had been president. A Nashville mayor lies about COVID numbers. The 1776 commission that President Trump has announced will tackle the 1619 project. Also, investigating Princeton for its self-professed
1: racism. Coming up. This, this is the Buck Sexton, Sexton, Sexton Show. Where the mission, the mission is to decode what really matters. With actionable intelligence. One
2: small family. Make no mistake. America. are a great America again.
1: The Buck Sexton Show begins. Former CIA analyst. Former member He's of the NYPD. He's a great guy. It
0: is Buck Sexton. Now. Welcome to the Buck Sexton Show, my friends. It is Friday. Aren't we all so happy about that? We're going to be heading off into the weekend here shortly, which is a very necessary respite from the insanity all around us. As I've been trying to get people to realize, the stakes in this election that I've been looking at, in a sense, are even higher because they're not going to, all of the data for me now is pointing in this direction. They're not going to use, if Biden wins, the election as an opportunity to give all the all the peasants, which is what we are, the American people, give all the peasants their freedoms back. They're going to extend out this insane lockdown regulation mask mania bullcrap as long as they possibly can, as long as they can, because everyone is fearful. Everyone is doing what they're told. No one's even asking: Is this legal? Is this constitutional? Is this intelligent? No, just do what you're told. We've been doing what we've been told for months. You know uh, what's going on right now in Europe? You're not going to hear about this in the mainstream media because they don't want to talk about it. Uh, you're having a big spike in cases in countries that have had the most severe lockdowns possible. I mean, countries that were telling people enforcing with police, you have to stay in your home. You can Italy, Spain, extreme lockdowns. And they're now hitting all time highs in cases. It's almost like you can lock people in their homes and slow down the virus. But all you're doing is slowing it, because the moment that you allow people to have their lives back, there's going to be some spread of the virus. And this is what they've never grappled with in this strategy or they just don't care. Right. It was locked down for 15 days, 30 days, 90 days, six months. Now it's not. Then it was until a vaccine. Now it's beyond the vaccine. Now they're telling us masks are even more effective as the CDC director did even more effective than a vaccine. Think of the recklessness think of the malpractice from the medical and scientific community if all we had to do was wear masks why didn't they tell us that the first 90 days of this because of course it's not true even if they help at some level there's still going to be a lot of sickness out there if all it took was masks why did it not work in the spanish flu pandemic of 1918 at all to slow the spread of this virus or that virus i should say didn't work at all a lot of people were running around more. They had cotton masks back then too. But here we are, folks. We are in a period of mass hysteria coupled with mass media and the results are not good. And then that brings me to Joe Biden. And what a a completely outrageous, despicable clown this guy is, but now he's supposed to be the president of the United States. You know, Donald Trump, I understand rough edges and thin-skinned and there's this criticism there's criticism of him that people can can level and, and some of it is is pretty accurate but he represented ideas he represented something when he was running for president and a lot of them were ideas that people needed to hear because they hadn't in a long time and that was why he was a one-man political movement what exactly does joe biden represent whatever the democrats who are going to be pulling his strings want him to it's just the machine the left wing socialist Democrat machine against everybody who's not a part of it. the is that that is what the Biden presidency or the Biden campaign that wants to be a presidency has turned into. And now we have no degree of absurdity is too much for people to say and people walking around in panics here here in New York. We're going to go and we're the only city that I can think of in the country that does not have indoor dining yet, folks. So that's probably why I'm still more sensitive to this. Than other. but we can't do indoor dining by September 30th. They're saying 25%. I spoke to a restaurant owner last night because I was out at an open air restaurant because that's all you're allowed to do. And she said that they, they lost their They own uh, it's a restaurant group. Really, they own a few places in New York. One of them is incredibly well-known, beautiful place. I've been there. It's one of the most romantic restaurants in the city. Gone. And they're like, we're, n- we're not sure we're ever going to be able to, you know, reopen it. Oh, OK. And she's saying, what exactly are we supposed to make of this? Why is it twenty five percent? Other places are already are already at 50 percent. Why do we open at twenty five percent when we've been and the answer is this is all just being made up by morons who want to control us. It's actually worse than they just want to make the country miserable, which has been my thesis. That's true. They want to make America miserable for the purposes of beating Donald Trump in the election, keeping the economy suppressed. That's all true. But now the propaganda has seeped in so deeply that they really believe it. Now we are at a phase here in all of this where they actually think that if Joe Biden were, had been president, there would be 200,000 people who would have survived all of this. 200,000 people who would have lived. Here is Biden saying Last night, exactly that. Play
3: three. If the president had done his job, had done his job from the beginning, all the people would still be alive. All the people, I'm not making this up. Just look at the data. Look at the data. And as then we're now being told there's going to be no, I pray to God, there's a a vaccine tomorrow that could be available to everyone.
0: If he had done his job from the beginning, all the people would still be alive. All the people, I'm not making this up. Just look at the data. That's what he says. Okay. Why then did Trump kill all these people in Spain and the UK and Italy and France and Germany and Brazil and Mexico and China? Well, why was Trump killing all those people too? Because clearly it's because Trump didn't do his job. I know that's the it's so stupid. that you can't really say these things out loud without feeling like you're, you're uh, somehow corrupting your own brain. But that's where Democrats are now. You see, it started out, I believe, as just politics for them. Come on, guys, lock us down. And, and some degree of fear. But now the fear has actually gone beyond the politics for many of them. Now they really, they really believe this nonsense. They really think this is true. They are absurd. Absurd! Biden would have saved 200,000 lives. Joe Biden is a moron. Even Democrats know Joe Biden is a moron, but he's the best they got. They need somebody tied to Obama with big name recognition who can fool swing state voters into thinking you're not going to get a radical left presidency if he wins. That's what you're going to get. He is a Trojan horse and he can say anything and the media will let it fly. In fact, they, they agree with this stuff. They, they, here, here's Nicole Wallace former republican allegedly i swear the bush former republicans the bush administration former republicans who have turned on trump are they're the worst (laughs) they really they really are because it's all so obvious it's so petty it's just because they're not important anymore and they don't they don't have the political access that they did for a period of time it's not about principle it's not uh, you can't be you cannot be a conservative and work at msnbc now it's not possible okay you can't be a host have your own show at cnn or msnbc and be a Republican at all. You have to really be actually a lunatic at this point or just a fraud. I mean, a person who will say whatever and, and pretend that they're not doing the bidding of the DNC all the time. Here's here's Nicole Wallace at MSNBC. Play nine.
3: You know, Ashley's reporting, Michael Steele, is a blueprint for the negligence, not just of human life, of course, most importantly, of human life. He's got the blood of 200,000 Americans on his hands, but also the destruction of the economy didn't have to be what it was. If he knew that it was airborne, he knew that it was contagious, he knew that it was deadly, he could have taken steps to help businesses prepare for a longer stretch of curbside delivery or the sorts of things that are place, as you said, in countries like Australia that have come out on the other side. To me, these failures obviously destroyed the lives of the family members of 200,000 Americans, of our neighbors and our friends and our teachers and our doctors and our nurses and our grandparents and tragically some of our children. But he also destroyed a lot of
4: businesses that had
0: been there for generations. The population of Australia is about 25 million people, and it's an island, the whole thing. Uh, You know, if if we're going to talk about countries, so there's it's very easy to limit travel. You have far, uh, far less crowded living conditions. But if we're really going to talk about this, let's compare ourselves to other countries that have been going through this and that are currently now seeing big spikes. What's the answer for that? Why is that happening? Wear a mask, they all say. What? How is that saving us? Hawaii put an outdoor mask mandate in place for which there is no scientific basis whatsoever. And Biden even alluded to that. He said, well, if you're at a protest and you're outside, you're kind of moving. So, you know, social distancing is not as necessary. I mean, yeah, that's actually somewhat true, but that should be true for everybody. It is true for everybody, not just the protesters for BLM. But people have gotten they're, they're sick in the head over this now. Instead of blaming those they should. The medical establishment that has messed up at every stage of this, gotten this wrong constantly. They are now angry at anybody who's asking the questions, the obvious questions, uh, and blaming Trump for everything. Here is the CDC director. Again, I played one for you yesterday. Here's the CDC director back in February of this year. Play two.
5: Because I do see people feeling a need to go by mask. And I would ask them, and some people scoff at me when I say this, we need to make sure those N95 masks are available for the doctors and nurses that are going to be taking care of individuals that have this illness. And it really does displease me to find people going out. There's no role for these masks in the community. These masks need to be prioritized for healthcare professionals that uh, as part of their job are taking care of individuals and or individuals who have this virus and are in home isolation, or home quarantine for those family members. So I'd like to have the uh, prioritize the uses that we recommend and, and get people to realize that that's where these masks need to be reserved for.
0: Medical personnel. That was that was the standard that real medical masks should only go to medical personnel, people that are going to be in constant contact with the virus for whom even a, a small level of protection may be worthwhile under the circumstances, right? Meaning even if it's only a small percentage effective, maybe it's even more than that. But not for everybody else. That's crazy. Oh, now it's crazy to say, wait, what? We're supposed to do this all the time? We're supposed to have this happen? Un- un- unbelievable, friends. Unbelievable. Um, but this is where we are because you're going to see something happening right now. It's not just that Trump didn't show leadership. That's not enough. That's not enough for the hysterics, the left, the libs, the lunatics. It's that Trump killed 200,000 people. They're saying this. I mean, that he's responsible for the deaths of 200,000 people uh, for whom, you know, the, the median age is 75. And most of them had pre existing conditions. Not to say it's not incredibly sad for each and every life that is lost. But as a public health issue. We're never allowed to discuss who's really at risk, what's really been going on here. It's wear a mask, sit down, shut up, do what you're told, watch your business get destroyed and then watch morons go on TV and say that Donald Trump killed 200,000 people. That's that's where we are as, as a country. Oh, CNN's health expert, Dr. Gupta,
2: play six. A source told me last night that, uh, you know, there have been so many people who have have known the right thing to do, have sounded the alarm on this. And going back to middle of February, uh, talking about the fact that this virus could be spread asymptomatically and that everything needed to change as a result. And that this is what my source said. Every step along the way, this this guidance that could have saved, you know, 80 to 90 percent of the people who have died could have been saved. if This guidance had been abided by every step of the way that guidance had been buried and then minimized, then ignored, and now ridiculed. That's what's, that's what's happening. I mean, it's not that hard. The, the guidance was not that challenging. It could have been done... But it was buried, minimized, ignored and now ridiculed. So here we are, you know, as we go into flu season, still in that same sort of position. Everyone's counting on the vaccine. Everybody wants the home run hit. Even if we get the vaccine, it's going to take time to actually get people uh, vaccinated and, and protected. We have to do these other basic health measures for some time to come. And we're still not.
0: Complete rewriting of history. What was this guidance that was ignored by Trump in the middle of it? What was the guidance that was ignored? Not even Fauci says that Trump ignored any guidance. So, so what, what was supposed to be different? And why did all these other countries ignore the guidance that would have saved 90 percent of COVID deaths? This is just a massive campaign of lies. These people are lying to you and they're going to keep lying. They don't care that, you know, it's not true. They're hoping that if they say it enough, people will believe it. And unfortunately, when it comes to propaganda and brainwashing, that's pretty effective. So this is why I spend some of our time here just reminding everyone, hoping some of you will share it with your neighbors who perhaps are on the fence or not sure if they're going to vote for Trump. Uh, What they're being told about Trump's response to this virus and what really happened is a fairy tale or a nightmare. It's false. Just just look at it logically. How could anyone think? How could anyone think when we see what's happened around the world that this is all the Trump here? Here, I'll I'll bring you up to speed on what's going on on in some other places.
1: You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Here we go. This
0: is in the Wall Street Journal, Europe's COVID lockdown lessons. America's Democrats, this is by the editorial board of the Wall Street Journal, America's Democrats often say they want to emulate Europe. And given their fondness for coronavirus lockdowns, we can only hope this time they mean it. Parts of Europe, like parts of the U.S., are experiencing surges in the new COVID-19 cases. Unlike many in the U.S., European leaders have learned from their early experiences with the virus. The uptick in cases, as measured by positive tests, is noticeable across the continent, with one exception. The renewed outbreak is worst in Spain and France, whose seven-day rolling average of new cases per million residents are about 215 and 130, respectively, from lows of about eight during June. The rise elsewhere is less severe, but still pronounced. Germany is up to 20 or so cases per million residents from four earlier in the summer. These surges aren't discriminating on the basis of previous government policies. Italy, Spain and the UK were hotspots in the pandemic's first wave and all imposed strict lockdowns. All three are suffering new waves from the disease anyway. So is Germany, which avoided the worst ravages of the first wave. At the time, Berlin's aggressive test and trace program, coupled with a moderate lockdown, were held as a public role model for health. Now it's fair to say the jury is out on whether Germany permanently suppressed the disease or delayed its inevitable spread. Oh, gosh. Now we get to this. One theme is that politicians increasingly are alert to the health and economic dangers of mass lockdowns, including mass unemployment, miseducation, and psychological ills. Another theme is that European leaders are now more inclined to focus on individual responsibility than government action. There's only so much a government can do, the coordinator of European Union Pandemic Advisory Panel told the Journal. Yeah, no crap, folks. The government can't protect people, can't stop this. It's all nonsense. Just look at what's going on around you. He suggests emphasizing steps individuals can take, social distancing and mask wearing. If that sounds familiar, it's because... Sweden's approach throughout the pandemic—it uh, has—it has been Sweden's approach. The country eschewed a mandatory lockdown and urged prudent individuals to do measures like work from home and social distance when possible. Yeah, as in live your life, don't be crazy, take basic precautions. We're not making all kinds of stupid rules. They made stupid rules in those other European countries, but I guess it's Trump's fault that they're having big cases. A uh, big spikes in cases right now.
1: Thanks for listening to the Bus Sexton Show podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcast, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: I would like to see the governors enforce mask wearing, period. I can do that on federal property. As president, I will do that. On federal land, I'd have the authority. If you're on federal land, you must wear a mask. In a federal building, you must wear a mask. And we could have a fine for them not doing it. Look, this is about saving people's lives. There's no question that it saves people's
0: lives. To those who say it's individual liberty not to wear
3: a mask. Well, let me tell you something. You know, what Bill Barr recently said is outrageous. That is like slavery, We're taking away freedom. I would tell you what takes away your freedom. What takes away your freedom is not being able to see your kid, not being able to go to the football game or baseball game, not being able to see your mom or dad sick in the hospital, not being able to do the things. That's what costs our freedom. And it's been the failure of this president to deal, to deal with this virus. And he knew about it. He knew the detail of it. He knew it in clear terms. Imagine had he at the State of the Union stood up and said, when back in January I wrote an article for USA Today saying, we've got a pandemic, we've got a real problem. Imagine if he had said something. How many more people would be alive?
0: What takes your freedom, what takes your liberty, is uh, Joe Biden in the Democrat Party, actually. It's not all these other things he's talking about. It is what Biden wants to do. And this is what I want everyone to understand. If he wins, they're going to continue this. They like this. They enjoy this. They want to tell you what to do. And there are a lot of libs out there who like to be told what to do. Doesn't matter what the reality is. Doesn't matter what the costs may be. They are like, yeah, order me around, please. I'm one of the good people. I listen. This whole thing has turned it's. It's almost like a, a religious cult now for people. They, they don't listen to reason. They don't look at the facts. They just believe whatever they're told. How, how many times do I have to sit here? People right now in New York will go from they'll walk through a restaurant and have to put on their mask. And if you don't, people will get I mean, I, I had somebody for the first time, sending me wear a mask. I'm walking past the person. I'm, like, I'm not near you. I'm social distancing. What? Go blank yourself. I told him to call the health authorities on me. I'll wait for their call. <laughs> that was fun. He can go f himself. Um, but yeah, I, well, what is this? You walk through a restaurant now, and you have <laughs> you have people who think that if you're not wearing a mask then, you're a bad person. But then you sit down at the table for an hour and a half, two hours, breathing, no, because, you know, you can't eat food without, you know, with, uh, with a mask on. This is idiocy. We are being ruled by idiots. Fauci, these people are morons. These are they're, they're losers. They don't know how to protect you. They don't know how to save you. They don't have any ideas about what to do with public health policy that's going to make anything better. Sweden... Which was um, an experiment in in human sacrifice, right? It was it was the worst thing. It's like we're done. Basically, no one wearing masks anymore. They're like, yeah, we we did what we could, and we went about our lives. We didn't shut everything down. They're eco- they're economically in better shape than other countries, but no, it's so much more. It's so much more fun for people. Um, so it's so much more fun for people to just go around acting like. We haven't seen what we've seen. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, we, we are in a period where nothing is making sense anymore with all these lunatics running around who think that Trump killed 200,000 people. They really, and, and they think that our side is crazy. I mean, Joy Behar is one of the dumbest people on television, perhaps one of the dumbest people in the country. I mean, I think she would certainly be a good candidate. Uh, she thinks that people that have a problem with any of this are the problem. Play 18. Play 18.
4: What interested me also was his use of the term herd mentality. Now it's really herd immunity that he meant to say, but it's an interesting Freudian slip, isn't it? Because it kind of uh, it kind of describes the people who will continue to follow him. They're in a herd mentality, like lemmings going going over a cliff. And, the, and I might add right. that, as Howard Stern said, you know he has nothing but contempt for this herd. So he put it out there because he he secretly thinks that they're horrible people. That's what I think.
0: Lemmings going over a cliff. Who, who are the lemmings? The people that pretend that the constantly changing guidance, the metrics that they'll just dispense with the moment that they don't like what the metrics are anymore, the, the make believe test and trace program in New York and in other places across the country. Uh, who are the lemmings? The people that just go along with all this stuff? Or the people that realize, as the Attorney General of the United States said, this is the greatest intrusion on our civil liberties since slavery. And I throw in there the internment of the Japanese during World War II by a Democrat, a Japanese Americans, by a Democrat. Uh but this is this is not you know, this is if, if you take out um intrusions on civil liberties on a on a massive scale that occurred because of racist policies of the past. You know, there's all o- there's only a few other areas we'd say if you if you then you know you gotta go women's suffrage, but uh, this is a big problem and i'm i'm still in shock that there aren't more people who are uh who are outraged by this and and i know it's some of you when i was in north carolina no one takes this all that seriously when i, I was in montana there are people indoors eating they're not worried not wearing masks not everyone's all freaked out about it uh, and it's amazing if you if you read the polls if you see what's going on uh, the general public uh, thinks that if you're under the age of 30, you're 50 times at risk uh as, more at risk than you actually are 50 times. Which is another way of saying people are terrified that if they're 25 or 30, 40, my age, if they get this, that they're going to die. And the chance of them dying from this is act- for that for that age group is less than the flu. So what are we even talking about here? Does everyone walk around terrified? Oh, I get the flu all the time. No, of course not. It is very dangerous to elderly people and people with serious health conditions that affect their immune system, affect their ability to fight this off. But that's not what the general public thinks. They don't realize that almost half of the deaths have occurred, not just among senior citizens, in nursing homes specifically. And here's something that you should know about nursing homes. A lot of them are very uh, poorly sanitized, poorly run, and are places where disease spreads quickly and has been for years before COVID. So, if anything, maybe it would be a, a, a silver lining out of all of this if nursing homes were better cared for, uh, you know, stricter protocols to do protection for our vulnerable seniors. But that's not that's not what's going on now. Now it's just maximum maximum panic. The frenzy is upon us right now. And Trump is responsible for all of the deaths. Trump is responsible for all of this. This is what they're saying. It's, it's really stunning. It's kind of astonishing, isn't it? We think about how, how stupid that idea is, but that people say it out loud. And you're seeing also the, the weak-minded, the foolish, the, easy, the easily brainwashed. Uh, you're, you're seeing it all across society now. We, we should be talking about how we're just going back to normal life. You know, if you want to sit at home with a mask on all day and be terrified, you're, you're it is your right to do that. But it is not the government's right to inflict incorrect, m- medically uh, unsupported policies on people on an ad hoc basis because it feels like it. And it is it is unconstitutional It is a violation of individual liberties. It, ab- it absolutely is. It absolutely is. And if, and if it's not, well, then I need someone to explain why. Why shouldn't they just mandate that we wear masks at home, too? Why should not we mandate social distancing for the next six months, start fining people a thousand dollars if they are you know, less than six feet apart from each other? Because we'll start tearing it. We'll start tearing our society apart because there'll be there'll be a subset of uh, of sanctimonious morons who go around and in a way that's completely capricious, call people out on this. We saw this with the medical uh, medical community that came forward during the BLM protests, and we're excusing that. So, see, that's the thing. Liberals don't actually believe in principles or facts or rules. They believe in power and what makes them feel good. So it'll always be this ad hoc. We're going to use this as a weapon against people we don't like. We're going to excuse people we do like or people that we pander to or that we pat on the head. And ultimately, this is about making the country believe that Donald Trump is the reason that anyone has died from covid, which is just a an intellectually. Reckless, irresponsible, completely unjustifiable, really an insidious thing to say. And Joe Biden is saying it. So this is not, I'm not saying something that's taken from the extremes of their party and presenting it. This is the mainstream thought now. They understand what the stakes are.
1: You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast.
6: We created this rush and we didn't have the ability to test or quarantine those people. And so that seeded the disease here. Uh, You know, the ban probably
3: accelerated that the way it was executed. I just want to pick up on that. You're saying that the travel bans made the situation worse, not better.
6: March saw this incredible explosion, uh, the West Coast coming from China and then uh, the East Coast coming out of Europe. Uh, And so even though we'd seen China and we'd seen Europe, uh, that testing capacity and clear message
0: uh, of how to uh, behave wasn't there. So what, what are we supposed to have done differently? That was Bill Gates. What was the big thing that we were told we had to do that would have stopped all of this? It's it's never made clear, is it? It's never made clear. It's just always the repetition of political attacks under the pretense uh, that there's some science behind this, that this is all about making, uh, making people obey the experts. Obey, you're told. I don't know. I thought this country had a pretty big problem with un- untrammeled, unlimited authority in the hands of people. I-, I thought that that was kind of the whole point of this place we've got here, that that wouldn't happen, and it absolutely... Has been happening. Senator Schumer is upset with Trump pointing out that the worst outcomes are the bluest states that adopted masks among the fastest of any place and had the strictest lockdown. New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, among the very worst of all states on a per capita basis. New York and New Jersey, the actual worst. So Democrats entirely in charge in these places. No Republicans, even on city council, really, maybe one or two in New York. Uh, very few people to weigh in on any of this. you got a Democrat governor in New Jersey, in Massachusetts, in New York. And Schumer doesn't like the senator from New York Trump's comments about how the blue states were the worst with this play eight.
2: He denied there was a shortage. He downplayed. There was a need. He deflected blame. He even blamed President Obama. And by the way, I cannot resist his remarks yesterday were
0: outrageous that if you if you count only the if you don't count the people who died in the blue states, COVID wouldn't be so bad. Is that unbelievable? What does he say? To someone with his governors. So someone in California or New York, you don't have a Republican Democrat,
2: or New Jersey or Illinois who passed away. What does he say to their families? You don't count. We're only counting people in the red states. What a despicable man.
0: How low can he go? That's not what he's saying, Chuck Schumer. But Isn't that 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 an excellent little case study in deflection? See, they say, oh, he acts like the blue state people don't count. That's not what he's saying. That wasn't the point of the comment. The point is, if you're going to start pointing fingers at people for who did a really bad job with this, the Democrat one party state controlled places like New York and New Jersey were the worst by far. And if you didn't have those horrible Democrat responses, Democrat, you know, controlled responses to the virus, If we're going to look at this as sort of a scoreboard, if we're going to look at this based on the metrics and the numbers. You know, America would would be on a per capita level um, ahead, even of some of the European countries that are currently maybe a little bit behind us in terms of per capita deaths and hospitalizations. That's all he's saying. It's it's completely it's a valid point. Right. But you see, friends, now it's just where are we at? We're on it's September 18th. You got six weeks. They they're going to throw all they've got at this. You're going to see levels of, de- of Trump derangement that will blow your mind. You're going to see lunacy from these people that is going to be truly shocking to anybody who hasn't been watching it and preparing for it for months. They they cannot handle the prospect of Trump actually winning re-election, And so they will they will view it as a moral necessity to do everything they absolutely can in, in order to prevent that, including doing immoral things, including lying, perhaps cheating with the mail in ballots, whatever it may be. But the constant stream of lies about this, I mean, my criticism of Trump on covid is that he listened to the experts too much. My my criticism is that now everyone's saying Dr. Redfield is a weirdo. He's kind of he's kind of an idiot. He can't really be trusted. Oh, OK. So because he's finally said stuff that's really jumped the shark. We're supposed to just believe that, you know, now oh Fauci is still some kind of genius on all this. What exactly has he said that's been helpful? Nothing. What What's the procedure that's been put in place that has worked so very, very well? Understand this. They will never back off of this. They will never say that they were wrong. So don't don't think that at some point we'll get to the truth or in a few years they'll say, you know what? The people who are skeptical about these policies, I guess they really had a point. No, they they won't. They won't. They certainly don't want to be held accountable for it. And they also don't want people to realize they're just not that smart. They're just not that bright. Speaking of not that bright, we should discuss what the plans are from people like Ocasio-Cortez if Biden comes into office. You know, Joe Biden is meant to be very similar to what what Bob Mueller was for the Mueller probe. His role, Mueller's role, was to say, look, here's this guy. He's in the FBI a long time, FBI director. How partisan can this thing really be if he's in charge? Right. If Bob Mueller is the guy, you know, the guy was he was in the Marines, served in Vietnam. He's in the FBI. You know, that was a way of silencing the criticism of the obvious partisanship of the Mueller probe. And I mean, I got got to tell you, some of us knew right away, well, this is a fraud. This is a scam. Weissman. Who is a clear Democrat partisan. I mean, a, a, a headhunting Democrat, never Trump, hates Trump, left wing activist lawyer was the guy really running the whole. Th- he was the guy running the probe. He was the one who everyone believes actually wrote the final report. It was all him. But they had to have they had to have Mueller in place to, to deflect the criticism of what was clearly happening. And then we all saw Mueller go up, I didn't read the report. And I don't know what's going on. You know, the guy had no idea what the heck was happening. It was very obvious. It was actually kind of sad. And by that point, though, it had already served its purpose. It didn't even matter that we find out that they were lying to us all along. Joe Biden is going to be Mueller in this analogy. Joe Biden is going to be the guy who's doing what the left tells him to do. So don't. no, no one should be fooled by the, oh, good old blue collar Joe who rides
1: the Amtrak. He's going to be riding the Marxist Express, folks. Thanks for listening to the Bus Sex, and Show podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple podcast, the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Biden
3: will hand the left wing mob the keys to your kids classroom. Earlier today, I took a historic stand against the hateful lies being fed to America's youth. The parents know all about it. And I, I checked. They're doing it in Wisconsin, too. I, you know, I'm a little surprised. A little surprised you. I'm a little surprised. I know you. Pay, I'm a little surprised you let it happen, actually. But we're going to get rid of it. I announced that we're launching a new pro-American lesson plan for students called 1776 Commission. We're going to teach our children the truth about America. That we're the most exceptional nation ever to exist, and we're getting better every single day.
0: Biden will hand the left-wing mob the keys to your kids' classroom. It's true. It is true. That's what will happen. Joe Biden doesn't really care. He just cares about how he's perceived and, and whether his family will continue to be in good standing with the Democrat establishment, get put on boards of companies, get book deals for books that don't even write for uh, sums, astronomical sums of money. as kind of a payoff for being good for the Democrat cause. Uh, But he's going to he is going to be a puppet of the left. And even even AOC is out there saying, oh, don't worry. I mean, once this guy gets elected, we're going to pressure him for the Green New Deal and for amnesty and just all kinds of socialism. That's going to be the plan. Play 17.
4: We continue to push Vice President Biden um, on issues from marijuana to climate change to um, to foreign policy and making sure that we continue to fight for a progressive agenda in, in our future.
6: What would be the main issue? You think it's climate where he needs to be more correct, progressive? Or is there another one that you think is uh, at the top of the list?
4: You know, I think overall <laughs> um, um, we can likely push Vice President Biden in a more progressive uh, direction across policy issues. I think foreign policy is an enormous area where we can improve. Immigration is another one. Uh, criminal justice is, is another area where, where we can pursue a lot of uh, progressive direction.
0: No humility, no walk back at all. Nothing from from uh, the which you mentioned, criminal justice reform. The people who have been saying for the last five months now, or four months now, whatever it is, no, five months, really, that if only we took a different approach to policing, we'd all be better off and safer. No, actually, more people are dead. More people have been raped. More people are being attacked in cities as a result of these policies. Do you think any of them feel any responsibility for creating the environment that made that all more possible? You think AOC, you think Ilhan Omar, you think, you know, Nancy Pelosi? Oh, we'll get to Nancy. Because she's realized that the Democrats do have a liability here. I won't I won't forget that one. Turns out Nancy actually has finally said, hold on, maybe rioting and looting is a bad thing. So it's not on the criminal justice issue, but we'll, we'll get to that in just a little bit. Uh, so they're going to push Joe. They're going to push Joe to the left. And, and the president mentioned the 1776 commission. Now, he, here's what's going on. Your kids are being taught the 1619 project in school. This is a new york times it's really a long long form editorial essays that take uh, take the position that slavery is the real founding of America that the you know the founding of slavery was the real founding, so that was in sixteen nineteen and that the ideals of the founders were lies when they were written. They explicitly write that and say that um, that the American Revolution was done uh, you know the American Revolution was motivated to protect slavery. That's actually why we broke away from the, U- from the United Kingdom. And, and it also seems to take this position, because I've read through the essays, that, oh, it's because Great Britain was so moral. Great Britain continued to engage with, trade with, you know, be, involve itself with the New World slave trade a long time after the, uh, the colonists rebelled in 1776. Just because they outlawed the owning of slaves doesn't mean that they weren't very complicit in all kinds of economic transactions based off of slave labor. Um, and, and they also used to engage in a process. This is Now, this is different. I'm not comparing this to racial slavery, but they used to engage in a process of impressment of U.S. So uh, U.S. sailors, or rather taking people and making them sailors when they weren't, which uh, people would often die doing that which was not as bad as the religious slavery that the Barbary states inflicted against Americans and Europeans um, right around the time of the American founding, too. And as you'll recall, with the, Barbar- the War with the Barbary Pirates, that was our first foreign war, was that we were being, they were enslaving people, folks. That's what was going on. They were Americans being enslaved by the Barbary states. No, no one talks about this, though, really. No, because we're, we're the only people that have to constantly confront the history of what was happening you know, 200, 150, whatever it is, uh, 100, 100 years ago. But uh, the 1619, uh, 1619 Project is uh, riddled with major factu- uh, factual inaccuracies. And it does take a deeply anti-American viewpoint. And that's what is going to be taught in the school. So kids will come home and they'll say, Mom and Dad, you just don't understand. You're just not woke enough. Uh, capitalism. Is based upon the slave trade. That's one of the essays in the 1619 project that the entire system of keeping close track of things, overseeing labor and costs. And uh, this that the framework of capitalism was created on slave plantations. That's one of the essays that they that they write Um, and that effectively American wealth all came from the slave trade. It's interesting enough. It never gets into the fact that there was a major abolitionist movement which had people like Frederick uh, Frederick Douglass, who were who were black and had people who were uh, escaped former slaves. Also, there were a lot of white Americans who were part of the abolition. movement. just pretend like there was no abolitionist movement in the country, that the north wasn't fighting very early on to try to uh, push back and then end slavery, that we didn't fight a mate, a massive civil war with hundreds of thousands dead and hundreds of thousands more maimed horribly, you know, lost arms and legs. To end slavery. Right. It doesn't deal with any of that. It just is. America's super racist was always racist. And the only way to make it better now is to create effectively a racial entitlement state where white people are constantly apologizing. And that in in law, there will be benefits created for certain groups. Fascinating that when we talk about, you know, diversity, inclusion, it's oh, it's it's black and Latino individuals who are supposed to benefit from this. Latinos have never been enslaved in this country, but nonetheless, they're always included in this group because this is political. This is about political power. But Trump is going to have this commission that will look at it. I don't know how how successful they'll be in turning it back. I think a much more important dynamic that's playing out right now is how many people are figuring out that public school is not this completely, entirely necessary thing that nobody can live without. It's not true. It's not true. And I think people are starting to see this because they're homeschooling and they're realizing they can do it. You can homeschool your kids and imagine a world. I mean, I, I remember feeling and, and I look, I went to nice. I went to Catholic schools in New York, uh, They're private Catholic institutions. Uh, so I, I was lucky in that regard. I didn't go to public school in the city. Most of the public schools here are terrible. Some are very good. You have to get into the good ones by scoring at a high test level. Uh. I remember, though, feeling like I was always tired in school. The day was far too long, you know, and it felt a little bit like it was, you know, a penal colony sometimes. And, it, and I went to nice places. I'm, don't get me wrong, but, you know, you're in there. You get there 830 in the morning. You're done at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And it's just a lot of making you deal with stuff all day. And it's largely driven by they want kids to be, you know, it's the adult work schedule, like the basic adult work schedule is what drives the kids because, Really, I mean, I think if you were to have kids with three or four hours of, of instruction, especially if it was individualized on a daily basis, they'd be in much better shape. I mean, we, we have these old structures that are starting to come down, these old concepts of work, of schooling. And I, I think that can be a real benefit from the insanity of these lockdowns and everything else that's going on. But public schools have become indoctrination, left wing indoctrination centers for your kids I'm, I'm, that you know that that's obvious. And trying to take this on is is a worthy goal, but it's going to be a long-term one. It's going to be very complicated. It's not, not going to be easy to do. And so I, I think that everyone needs to understand right now that we got a lot of work on this one. Um, the public school system is just completely overrun. I mean, if, if you were to tally up how many people have been arrested at these BLM and Antifa protests, if you were to count up the number of Public school teachers and social workers, I bet those are the two for those who have jobs and aren't students, aren't grad students or college students themselves uh, like that sorority girl from uh, Pennsylvania. who has got a million dollar bail on her now because of a riot. She took part in too bad. Uh, I think that you'd see public school teachers and social workers are the most heavily represented. That's my guess. That's my that's my assessment. And I know there have been some. But that's who you would expect to be there. Uh, The 1619 Project is meant to be Marxist, meant to be divisive, meant to tear at the underlying fabric of the country, all under this claim that we're confronting our past when there's there's no effort made at balance or even, in, in many cases, efforts to correct inaccuracies. There's no evidence whatsoever in any of the major writings, in any that the American Revolution was spurred on by a desire to protect slavery. There's there's actually no evidence for that. And that is a central assertion in the primary essay written by Nicole Anna Jones, who's also an idiot Marxist. But she she believed that there was a, a plot, some like white nationalist plot to pretend that there were kids shooting fireworks at each other in poor uh, minority neighborhoods in New York City. I mean, she was one of the people that was good. She retweeted that. So that's who's writing for the 1619 Project. We should all remember that. Uh, People that you should not take seriously as thinkers and intellectuals, but you have to take seriously as a problem because their ideas, their brainwashing is being being applied to your kids. Um, Now, you also have... uh, the the Princeton University news that I think is fantastic. I want to add this in the mix. Too. We're talking about education and how we can fight back against this stuff. Uh, Princeton University's uh, president. And now this is a school that of all the schools, I think Princeton is the, the elite universities in some ways, the, the snobbiest. I mean, it's not Harvard or Yale, but it, it, it thinks it's even fancier in some ways. They've got these kids that are partying in what they call eating clubs, which are these multi-million-dollar mansions. I mean, they're true mansions. I've been inside them. And that's where they they throw parties. There's tremendously decadent. And anyway, that's Princeton. And the president, because everyone now has to show how woke they are, gave a speech where he said, look, this, you know, we have racism, you know, running to the core of this university, racism in ways that we need to confront. Basically, Princeton's a racist we have racism running through our system we're systemically racist okay that's what the president of princeton university says well princeton gets federal funds so that means they're subject to title seven title nine that means that there are regulations there are laws that apply to princeton university and you're not allowed to discriminate you're not allowed to be racist So, you know what the Department of Education under Betsy DeVos has just announced? Okay, Princeton, you want to give a big speech? You want the president, the head of the whole place, to say we're a racist school and we need to confront this? Well, Federal government's going to help you out, do a full-scale investigation, a civil rights investigation for discrimination of Princeton University. I, I think this is fantastic. I think this is absolutely great. And it's, it's, a long t- it's a long time uh, coming here. It's a long time before, or it's a, we've had to wait a long time for something just like this. You know, you're going to go around and say you're so racist all the time because you want to ever, remember, they say they're racist to get applause, not to confront it. it is, oh, I'm so racist that Princeton. I mean, they're not saying any individual. is the institution, the system. Calling out systemic racism is meant to get you a pat on the back. It's not meant to be taken seriously that anyone's really responsible and going to do anything it's political it's posturing well there's 75 million dollars of federal funding that has gone to princeton university in recent years often people forget this and universities do get a lot of federal funds so you know they can't just play this game of oh we're actually uh we're actually private so we can discriminate in any ways we want no you, you you can't do that that's not allowed. I think this is wonderful, wonderful that uh, they're, they're making them live with the words they use. They're, they're holding them accountable to the things they say This absolutely should be happening. And we'll see how Princeton comes out on this. One. I mean, Harvard University, Yale University, these places discriminate on the basis of race. They should be sued. This is illegal what they're doing. It's wrong.
1: Now they're going to have to start defending themselves more. You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast.
3: Do you see ways that you've benefited from white privilege? Sure. I've benefited just because I don't have to go through what my black brothers and sisters have had to go through. Number one. But number two, you know, grow up here in Scranton. We're used to guys who look down their nose at us. We look to people who look at us and think that we're suckers. Look at us and they think that we don't, we, we're not equivalent to them. If you didn't have a college degree, you must be stupid. If, in fact, you didn't get to go to an Ivy school. Well, I t- tell you what bothered me to tell you the truth. Maybe it's my Scranton roots. I don't know. But when you guys started talking on television about Biden, if he wins, will be the first person without a Ivy League degree to be elected president. I'm thinking, who the hell makes you think I have to have an Ivy League degree to
0: be president? I really mean it. I
3: found my backup. No, I'm not joking.
0: No, we know you're not joking. And we also know you're an idiot. Good job, Joe Biden. Thanks for explaining everything. Not because he didn't go to Ivy League school, just because he's a moron. (laughs) But I think it's so funny. He's like, what do you mean, man? You know, yeah. Make me president Based on what? Based on what? This guy is just a career bureaucrat. This guy, you know, he runs for elected office in Delaware. All you got to do is get enough donations from the credit card company and you say whatever you need to. And once you're the guy, you're the incumbent and you just stay there. You do what you got to do. You play the system. It's just amazing. Well, this is what we want. We, we want a, a political system with people like this at the very top of it. The Democrats tell us a uh, the, the total loser. I mean, there's there's so much about him that is unimpressive. It's honestly uh Stunning. You know, he was also he used to lie about how he was a good student, even at a not impressive law school. And turned out he was actually the bottom of the class in the not impressive law school. So what makes anyone think that he would be a good president? I mean, I I really want to know where is the evidence, whether it's on ideas, on character, on temperament, that suggests that Joe Biden would actually do a good job? I, I just kind of wonder about this. I, I sit around and ask the question, uh, what exactly would it take for Joe Biden to make this case? And you know, here we, here we are. But yeah, he's, uh, he, the, other, the other pretense that I'm, I'm not going to let go is that the Democrats represent, uh, represent Main Street. Joe Biden uh, yesterday tweeted out, this election is Scranton versus Park Avenue. So Park Avenue is one of the most famous and ritziest streets in New York. Uh, I'm quite familiar with it. And I can tell you that Park Avenue overwhelmingly voted Democrat in 2016 and will again, probably four to one, maybe five to one. Yeah. So this idea that it's just those people trying to get by, those good middle class families that are all Democrats. No, it's the liberal elites that Joe Biden is appealing to and the dependence on the state. That's the Democrat base. People who don't have to worry about government policies because they're so rich and people who need government handouts. That's the core of the Democrat Party.
1: Thanks for listening to the Bus Sex and Show podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple podcast, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. To
0: just bring home how much we're bearing down on the big day, Early voting's already started in Virginia today, folks. 45 days out. And there are long lines. People are clearly motivated to get out there. Oh, I thought they were all too scared to vote in person. Oh, it turns out that's not the case. Turns out standing outside and casting your ballot is, uh, you know, waiting a line outside and then casting your ballot for a minute inside is not going to get you. Uh, some some terrible covid outbreak in these places. But remember, they're they're trying to lie about that, too, so that they can extend the deadlines for how people can vote um, all right, or, or what they're able to do. This Pennsylvania Supreme Court, obviously Democrat dominated there. Uh, they said that they've got a three day lag now after the election where you can still get ballots in if they're postmarked within three days. So now you could even have a situation where if it's a super close race in Pennsylvania, people are going to vote the day after Election Day, and it'll be fine. I mean, this stuff is is all so transparent. But any anything to win, friends, anything to win, make sure you're very clear on that part of it. There's nothing. There's nothing about the uh, the underhandedness of this that uh, upsets them. There's nothing about the obvious distortion of the intent of some of these uh voting rules and regulations anyway it's it's just nuts it's just nuts uh oh i mentioned to you nancy pelosi who is finally uh is, is finally willing to say that people here you go uh going back to the law and order issue for a second she's like look i mean we love protests but maybe knock off some of the bad stuff people have been doing play for Which leader spoke, the
4: gentleman on the other side said, where are you when you're talking about violence, this or that? We're there. We support peaceful demonstrations. We participate in them. They are part of the essence of our democracy. That does not include looting, starting fires or rioting. Those are, they should be prosecuted. That is lawlessness. I'm very proud that Joe Biden has made, presented the clarity of that making a distinction that i under, don't think our colleagues quite understand but the american people do and a poll released today it said that the american people support congressional democrats over president trump in terms of de- dealing with the issue of crime in our country
0: yeah right <laughs> i mean come on nancy you're a, this is a joke right we, we, all, we all know what has been happening here. Democrats have been turning on cops, encouraging, looting, rioting, lawlessness with at least their, their tacit consent or with their silence, with their misdirection away from what has been happening. But man, those internal polls for Democrats on the law and order issue must look real bad because Nancy's coming out and she's like, hey, wait, we, we don't like the looting and the arson and the rioting. Yeah, sure you don't. She just discovered this now here. I I put out a challenge. Someone find me. She said that we've been saying it all along. Someone find me, Nancy Pelosi, calling out the violence, the arson, the looting before the middle of September, 45 days before an election. So somebody please find that for me. I'm I'm wondering if uh, if that clip, if that clip can be found. Oh, no, I'm pretty sure it can't. I'm pretty sure that there's no way anyone's going to find it because it didn't exist because that's not what the Democrats are up to with any of this. That's not actually uh, what they think. That's not what they believe. So, of course, there's not going to be a clip that shows Nancy Pelosi or other Democrats even denouncing this. It's a, it's a new thing. And it's because the polls finally turn and people realize that BLM is a movement that makes everything worse for everybody. It doesn't actually doesn't actually improve anything. Um. Next up here, uh, I, I also want to talk to you about this video. Speaking of BLM, uh, I've told you I don't really I don't really like the, the term Karen. People disagree with me on this, but I think it's being used in, in ways that some folks don't realize. Uh, but here we have somebody who is referred to on online. I've seen as a as a, 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 a being a, a Karen who is clearly a a supporter, I suppose, of of Black Lives Matter rhetoric. And she's completely losing it on a store manager. Producer Mark, do we know where the CVS is? Uh, I can look, but I'm not sure off the top of my head. If you find it, let me know. It's a CVS, uh, which, you know, I'll I'll just say that I, I live next to a, I don't know if it's a Rite Aid or a Dwayne Reed. I always get them confused. But as I've told you, everything is under lock and key. It's really annoying, and it's also really sad. Because everything's under lock and key because people just go in and steal all the time. There's constant theft. I asked the employees, I said, why I can't buy, uh, you know, I can't buy Zertec or I can't buy chocolate. I can't buy, uh, you know, face wash. I mean, you, you know, all, all kinds of stuff. Can't buy any of this stuff unless you get somebody to come and unlock it for you because it can't just be out in a the store. There's a lot of theft. Uh, I, I was under the impression and apparently, as you'll, as you'll hear in this video, uh, I was wrong. I was under the impression that everyone out there uh, understands that theft is bad, that shoplifting is wrong, that you shouldn't do it. Well, this woman has a very interesting theory, and it's not the first time I've heard it. I remember she took this video, so she believes that what she is saying here is... Righteous, She thinks that this uh, this depiction of herself uh, berating publicly a store manager of a CVS who called the police because people were stealing from his store. Her view, this woman, I don't know her name, not identified yet. Her view is that it is wrong. It is evil to call the police on the shoplifters and you definitely need to hear why play clip one
7: may I ask why you called the police on those two men um, CBS policy
6: dictates that if they're shoplifters,
7: mm-hmm. the
6: exit store with merchandise on for it, Yeah.
2: we to get the police involved. And if the police apprehend them, mm-hmm. issue a did bar you order. Okay. So I actually did I not elect the press charge I said, hey look, I, I just want them to know they can't come, come, come in here anymore, because they
3: shoplifted your and your I just airport. need them to sign that, and I need you my merchandise my and, to the store. 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 and the officers obliged, and the guy
7: said the same thing, thank you, they left. It's not your merchandise, it's the store, so you know what happens when the black men, or black people, and you decided to to call the police on two black people that stole, that allegedly took something from the store because you're willing to uphold the policy and they could have lost their lives.
6: We, we can agree to disagree on this because I don't work for you and I don't answer. I follow my company's policies, not your policies where I can appreciate your concerns. So
7: you're willing to risk someone's life for what, $30,000 a year? That's
6: There was no risk in my opinion, the... thank you. You have a great night. Thank what is your name? My name is store manager.
7: No, what is his name?
6: No one's gonna tell you my name when you're sitting here video us so that you can try and
7: elicit some sort of violence against me. It's not gonna happen. Elicit violence against you? You just elicited violence against two black men by calling the police on them. We
4: got to walk away when one of them had a warrant, could have been arrested, and the
6: cops
7: still let him go. Just listen to yourself. You work with black folks. You just remember that.
0: Wow. This is not an isolated uh, mentality. I can tell you that right now. There's more of this. You'll hear people say this. I've seen other stuff like this on social media where in trying to enforce the law at all now is considered racist, that there are people that believe that it's racist because cops will literally kill unarmed black men for absolutely any reason. It's constantly happening. You need to be afraid of it. I mean, this is the great big evil lie of the BLM movement, and you're seeing what it has done. The same way that people think that they're going to catch COVID because you don't have a mask and you walk past them for two seconds, ten feet away. But if you don't have a mask now, you're, oh my God, they're at a COVID risk. The same way that people's brains have been rotted with that absurdity, uh, people now also think that police being called to any incident that involves uh, a black man or black men is putting their lives in imminent danger. This is part of the theory now. This is part of, of the logic. I also think it's just so interesting. She goes, allegedly stole. No, he saw them steal, lady, okay? Like, a- allegedly is for the lawyers. I'm sure that the two black men that the store manager called the police on, he, he did it thinking that he saw them steal. And he's running the store, and I think he. I think we can trust him to know if people are stealing it's not it's not a very hard thing to understand they have things they took things they didn't pay for them but now you're not allowed to call the police they say you're not allowed to call the police because you're putting people's lives in danger see this is just an extension of the words are violence mentality the left had that they really started around 2016 when trump came into office uh that that your words make me feel unsafe that your words make me feel unsafe therefore you're not allowed to use those words anymore You see, it's all about power dynamics. It's all about controlling you by creating a framework, a a thought framework where it's uh, it's a physical risk for people to have to hear things that they don't like a physical risk to them. Hmm. That's uh, quite a stretch, isn't it? But that's what they've said. You know, your words are literally like violence, they will say to people, because you don't agree that there are 37 genders. It's literally violence. You're erasing trans people. It's violence. What? I'm not erasing anyone. Use the wrong pronoun. Dead naming is violence. That's another one. So if you refer to the previous name of Chelsea Manning, which is Bradley Manning, and you're allowed to change your name, so I'll call people whatever name they want. I got a weird middle name as a first name and, you know, the whole thing. But his name was Bradley Manning. And, uh if you bring that up, they call it dead. You're, you're supposed to ignore that. It's like Soviet rewriting of history. You're not allowed to say that. Right? remember the guy who WikiLeaks guy who then transitioned and prison, the whole thing. Uh, Deadnaming is violence. They'll say it's, it's basically a form of violence because you're erasing a person's identity. Now that that's not actually violence is violence. Things that people don't like is not violence. It's not the same thing. Uh, and here calling the police for any reason on a black man, according to this woman, um, who i I don't see her i'm going to guess she is african-american i do not know it's i don't think you can see her in the video uh that is encouraging violence against people and she's doing this putting a store manager she's like for what thirty thousand dollars you notice this was in dc producer mark just told me this was in washington dc she's putting down somebody who's working trying to earn a living trying to pay their bills providing a necessary service, being responsible, and doing what he's supposed to do by company policy as well as common sense, which is people are breaking the law, they're stealing from you, call the cops. And that's not allowable. That's not allowable. Any Oh, oh, Producer Mark, thank you for pointing- the woman. The woman who is, ma- she is white, in fact, who is making this video, which makes it even more amazing. Wow. Wow. So she's one of these lunatics. White liberal women who are woke are really the craziest people in America now. They really are. There's, there's nothing else that compares. You see in these videos at the BLM protest, they're
7: like, it's literally black lives at
0: stake. And they're screaming. and they didn't really believe this. I didn't, I didn't really think this is uh, legit. Oh, it's unbelievable. Producer Mark, thanks for the heads up on that. I, I just assumed, I mean, if she's going to be so high in my, I believe the store, I mean, the store, Manager to me looks like he's uh, a a person of color, a Latino. He might have you know one parent who's who's black. I, I can't really tell. Look, I'm not I'm not. I, I I don't know, right? But you can look at the guy. I, I, he looks to me like he may be like you. You would classify him as non-white. So here you have a white woman who is at least from what I can see in the video lecturing a pers- a a manager who is a person of color about how he is putting black lives at risk like calling the police on shoplifters as if the police are going to show up and be like you stole a tube of toothpaste bam just start shooting them it's not how it works as we know that's not what ends up happening but you're you're seeing the the, the mass hysteria you're saying oh and also the viciousness of trying to put someone you know who do people think they are trying to you know, ruin someone's day perhaps even ruin their life by you know ma- making them making them uh, a target of a lib desire to show, you know, wear a mask, don't call the cops. Why aren't you doing this thing that I want you to do? Uh, just these these petty little tyrants running around. They're gonna put everyone on video to shame. They like to shame everyone else. Such losers. Honestly, anyone who does is such a loser. Um, so anyway, I'm. I, I find it kind of. Stunning and yet also very, uh, very indicative of this widespread mindset now where where Democrats think that they can just get away with this crap and the media just plays
1: along with it. You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast.
4: Does anybody in America believe that Donald Trump has an affinity towards his cult-like supporters um you know this is a guy as you said earlier who wanted to live in an apartment that was all mirrors and gold that wanted to outfit his jet in all gold and who is a professed germaphobe so i think it really rings true that he considers his supporters disgusting um and i also think she's a hero i mean look at her courage this is going to impact her life um, and I compare her courage to United States senators, the Republican United States senators. I mean, we have Mitt Romney alone on an island and all of the rest of the Republican senators are hiding like reptiles under a rock, refusing to stand up for what they actually believe in.
0: Pence's former lead coronavirus task force aide slams uh, slams Trump, and now we're all supposed to think it's a selfless act of heroism. And That's Claire McCaskill, you know, another, another intense mediocrity. Uh, that, that, that's Claire McCaskill coming out there saying, oh, look, another person who's, who's being so brave. Uh, what's her name? Olivia Troy, Homeland Security Advisor to Pence and his lead staff from the White House Coronavirus Task Force. Um, charged in a two-minute video, Trump failed to protect the American public because he only cared about himself. Friends, this is, this is career positioning. She's like, you know what? I can either be someone that no one had ever heard of. I'd never heard of this person until today who worked for the Trump administration, or I can be a hero to the left just in time for Biden to perhaps win. Uh, It's it's, you know, good eating on the other side, as they say. Far more media opportunities, far more book deals. Social media will love you. The whole thing. Oh, but but let's pretend that it's a brave thing. That's my favorite. Let's pretend that there's bravery involved in this decision. I love what libs do that. A strange newfound respect for a former Republican so they can be used like a, you know, like a
1: snotty tissue. It's disgusting. Thanks for listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Gotta talk to you about the
0: Nashville cover-up. This is great. This is great because we we need to see more of this where it finally comes out that the people that are like, wear a mask, social distance. You can't do this. You can't do that. Uh, That they're playing games behind the scenes. They're not listening to the science. They're making it up as they go along. They're frauds. I I think it's important for people to see this to know this. The coronavirus cases on uh, lower Broadway. This is in Nashville, Tennessee. This is the Fox affiliate there may have been so low that the mayor's office and the Metro Health Department decided to keep it secret. Emails between the mayor's senior advisor and the health department reveal only a partial picture, but what they reveal is disturbing. There's a discussion that involves low number of coronavirus cases emerging from bars and restaurants and how to handle that, most disturbingly, how to keep it from the public. On June 30th, contact tracing was given a small view of coronavirus clusters, Construction and nursing homes were found to be causing problems with more than a thousand cases traced to each category, but bars and restaurants reported just 22 cases. Leslie Waller from the health department asked, this is not going to be publicly released, right? Just for the mayor's office. Correct. Not for public consumption, right? Senior advisor, Benjamin Eagles. A Month later, the health department was asked point blank about the rumor. There are only 80 cases traced to bars and restaurants. Tennessee Lookout reporter Nate Rao asks, the figure you gave of more than 80 does lead to a natural question. If there have been over 20,000 positive cases of COVID-19 in in Davidson and only 80 or so are traced to restaurants and bars, does not that mean restaurants and bars aren't a very big problem?
2: But it's about the
0: science. It's about the numbers and the data. That's what they tell us. Turns out that uh, now I I see some some friends of mine, Tommy Lahrens out in Nashville. I'm seeing people uh, raise this, that they believe that the mayor of Nashville may, in fact, have uh, may, in fact, have. um, Changed the status, the covid status of his city so that his son could graduate, have a graduation for his high school. And then they went back to a tighter status right (laughs) after. That's the most classic. This is like these city council members who say that they don't want they want less police. They want to defund police, but they, they want a this happened in Los Angeles, this happened in other places, too. They want a private police detail as a city council member outside their home 24 seven, because, you know, they're they're scared of how things are going <laughs> in the city. But you you're not allowed to have a gun and you have less police presence. All right. The mayor of Nashville who's a Democrat, obviously. Uh, he he wants people to lock down and do all this stuff, but he wants to hide information from them that would suggest that they could they could open restaurants and be just fine. That they could do this and it would be no big deal. So uh, you know we, we're going to continue to see people play games like this for as long as they get away with it. For it for as long as this continues in this way um, you know friends I, I really believe that it's time for uh, you know, just just widespread non-compliance I thought it would come much sooner I, I will say I've been surprised at how much everyone's just gone along with this and at how, at how much everyone's just acted like this is what needs be done right now and and no one you know there are finally some lawsuits we should have been suing months ago drag these people into court make them explain that they think they have total, um, total power to do whatever they want because of this health emergency. So I, I think that finally... Um, oh, but it was an activist, by the way. It was, it, was a, it was a BLM activist. It wasn't just a random person who was berating the, uh, the store manager. I see this here. This is on the... Uh, anyway, I think that's very interesting. So we'll continue to follow this as it plays out in cities a- across the country. And we'll have to watch how this unfolds in the, uh, in the, in the weeks ahead, because friends, I'm, I'm just, I'm done with it. I, I can't handle it anymore. I, I don't know what to tell you. I think that we've gone way past the level that we should need for patients especially when there are people out there who think that the that the best thing we could possibly do is to make this guy president play 11.
3: In my state of Delaware, we have a 4 billion dollar industry, chickens, chicken and chicken and poultry, and all what is all the all the manure, quite frankly, that is a consequence of chickens. And so it's polluting the Chesapeake Bay. What well, we found out, we've invested a lot of money we find out you can pelletize this and take out, take out the, the methane so you're in a position where you can use that fertilizer without the damage that was being done before. The same way with horse manure and cow manure and pig manure. It's a, and we can create thousands of jobs in rural America as a consequence of setting up these small industries within communities. And so that's the way you'll be able to continue to farm without worrying about whether or not you're polluting and being in a position where you're able to make money by what you do in the transition as well as be able to grow more
0: uh yeah joe biden's idea to save american jobs or to save our our future is to create industries like the chicken and cow poop pelletizing industry which i mean maybe that's a thing but This is the first time I've ever heard Joe Biden speak about something where it sounded like he actually had some expertise. Joe Biden, chicken manure commander in chief. Not surprising. Uh, But yeah, if if only that guy's in charge, everything is supposed to settle down, get better. Uh, We're we're all going to be just fine. I I don't know how anyone can say that with a straight face, but that is effectively the pitch that we are seeing right now from those who are in charge. So, friends, we're just going to continue to... Do the best we can with it. Stay on it. And I uh, hope that not only does Trump win, but that we have enough people that just finally say they're not going to go, they're not going to listen to this stuff anymore. What is it going to take? How much more of this do we have to see if Biden wins? They're going to mandate mask wearing probably until next fall outside if they can, if they can get away with it, as well as indoors. Whatever happened to social distancing was the most important thing. Just go back and do Google searches. Ah, I know. I know. It it just it drives it drives me completely uh, up the wall at this point. And I've lost I've lost all patience for people who think that they're the ones being patient by changing what the rules are that they want to inflict on everyone else every two weeks. Every two weeks, there's a new oh, what about this or what about that? And and with this vaccine coming out, then you're going to see it even more because so are you supposed to wear a mask even if you've been vaccinated? Is is that what's supposed to happen? You're going to wear a mask and you're going to do all these things, even though you've gotten officially vaccinated by this. I've got to tell you, it's, you know, it's a it's a crazy world we're living in right now. Is there going to be a covid relief bill is another thing that I'm wondering about. You know, there's a budget deal that's underway right now and the government. You know, both sides will come together and they'll find some explanation for why we've got to have, uh, you know, the debt ceiling raise because government on both sides likes to spend too much, as we know. But that they'll do. Will they actually get people to help right now who continue to have job losses, loss of income um, because of covid? I think the answer is no. They're not going to do it because Nancy Pelosi is not going to allow it. I think everybody should remember that when they start to think about how much she cares about the the peasants and and the poor people of America, the working people of America. She doesn't doesn't give a crap about any of them. She doesn't give a chicken manures pellet about any of them.
1: You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast. We
0: had just a couple of weeks ago now, Kim Klesik on the show because she had that viral video about what's going on in Baltimore. Remember, the Democrat destruction of major cities has for for a long time now been one of the issues that they don't have an answer to because they're in charge of these places. They keep promising to make them better. They talk this big game about how they're going to do more for social justice and improve the schools and, you know. Make good green energy jobs and all this stuff. And it never happens. And you just have dysfunction, poverty, broken families, substance abuse, and despair in the poorer areas of, of these Democrat control, controlled cities. And Kim just raised that as a Baltimore resident, as somebody who, who knows the city well. She, she just raised the issue. And uh, he, here she is going on the view which is always an interesting uh, decision for anybody who's got right of, of center or just not left wing politics. I, I don't understand who watches The View or why anybody would choose to watch. You're, you're, you're watching a political discussion from with one or two exceptions at that table. I think it's really just one exception these days. But you're watching a political discussion among complete political ignoramuses. You might as well watch third graders talk about politics but kim went on there it has a big viewership i you know it's a lot of people watch which is sad for america but they do kim went on there and here's how it went play the clip
4: come on kim excuse me i have to say something to you he told bob woodward that it was a very serious issue and it's airborne and that it was terrible and then he went out and told the american people don't wear masks it's all going to go away you have to put some blame on your president. I'm sorry, you're putting it on something extraneous here. Talk to the point, please. Is this is this Joy speaking? The, the same lied. Joy, the
5: same yes. Joy that yes. paraded around
4: in blackface not too long ago. Come on, Joy. I don't think you should be That's asking not these questions. I am. Excuse a, an me. Excuse me. The black community had my back. They know that the that was not blackface. Has my that was an homage. Oh, please. The black Just community answer the has question. my back as The black as community well. has your back. The black yes, community has yes, your back? they do. Sonny, the yes. black community well, did Sonny not vote for you. Well, the black you community know what? did not vote for you. What it planet are, you living, Sunny, what planet are during, you living on? It was during a special wow. election. We Sonny, can That's I speak? What planet are you living on? It was during a special election while we were still under lockdown
1: and I could not talk to people.
4: Can
7: I
1: speak or are you just going to scream over this me? This becomes
4: a big... Listen, Kim, good luck to you. Thanks to Kim Classic. That was very immature, but thank you for having me.
0: Oh, things got a little touchy there, didn't they? I love Joy Bay. It was an homage. It was an
4: homage. The black community has my back.
0: <laughs> okay, sure, whatever. I mean, I guess that is Democrat privilege. You're you're allowed to you're allowed to you know wear wear blackface or whatever the. Joy Behar what what producer Mark what was the Joy Behar blackface incident I don't remember this one actually I think it was a couple months ago something resurfaced of her I'm not 100% sure I got I got to check this one out just because I want to know if it was oh yeah yeah she dressed uh you know hold on it was an homage <laughs> that's what she says uh so she she can dress up uh in in blackface African she wore a quote African woman costume Joy Behar uh, here we go Behar showed the photo on the view in 2016 during a segment talking about the resurgence of natural hair asked how old she was in the photo she said I was 29 I went as a beautiful African woman that's right so Joy Behar showed up to a party trying to look like she was a quote beautiful African woman. So keep in mind, Megan Kelly was fired for talking about the idea of blackface or she was fired from NBC. Joy Behar wore blackface. No problem. No, no problem. And not only wore it, but like showed it on TV as though she were, uh, you know, someone who, uh, that's pretty amazing. So, someone who should, <laughs> should celebrate this. Uh, Washington Post blackface. The, the views Joy Behar silent on photo showing her dressed as beautiful African woman re- resurfaces. Oh, my God. At a minimum, it's cultural appropriation. Right. But it's, it's even worse than that. But that's what really set her off there. Liberals hate it when their hypocrisy is exposed or when someone actually calls them out on this stuff. And, uh, you know, that's where it is. That's where it is. That's what got them. So up. And, and they wouldn't let her talk at all. Joy Behar, who's a millionaire who lives on the Upper West Side of Manhattan, lecturing a young black woman about the black community, is about the most lib media thing you could see these days, right? That's right. Joy Behar. And, and under Democrat theories, un- under the left wing approach to this, Joy Behar has more more black support. Therefore, she knows about being black more or she can speak more to this issue. It's a it's a pretty fascinating Situation when you when you try to break this down, isn't it? But nonetheless, uh, that's that's how that went down on the view. So that, that was for your viewing and listening enjoyment as much as one can. And then I think I said it was Sonny Hostin. Uh, look, these people of a very ignorant show with very poor analysis. But folks, watch it. Just want to give you this. I'm seeing this now just coming across the screen. Phoenix police search for second suspect. An ambush style shooting of Arizona Department of Public Safety trooper shooting was a suspect was apprehended at the scene. There's a second suspect. Here's what happened. Arizona police are searching for a second suspect. A silver infinity pulled up to an unmarked car on Roosevelt Street in Phoenix, in which an Arizona Department of Public Safety detective sat. Passenger got out of the infinity and opened fire on the detective who returned fire, according to a report. Our detectives were wearing police attire, easily identifiable as police officers. We're here simply supporting another operation going on. A second uh, officer responded to the scene, assisted in apprehending the shooter. The second suspect, the one driving the Infinity, fled and remains at large. Neither officer was injured. Had the trooper not had the wherewithal and the ability to exit his vehicle and engage the suspect, undoubtedly he would have been shot or killed shooting suspect, 17-year-old German Espizo, uh, sorry, Luis German Espinoza Acuna. 17-year-old went out and tried to assassinate a cop. W- why would someone do that? Well, I'm just, you know, let's, let's start just thinking about this. Why would someone who's 17 years old go up to a police car or, you know, an unmarked unit but with, uh, with clearly police-attired people inside and open fire on them? Now, it's possible that this was someone who's just, uh, I don't know, maybe he is a cartel hitman. Maybe it's someone who's just completely insane. You know, you don't know. But it's more likely any, than anything else that he's a, a BLM supporter who believes what the BLM movement says, which is that police kill unarmed black people constantly, systematically, repeatedly. And that's what this is really all about. Do you think the movement is going to take any blame for this? No, I mean, because the cops, thank heavens, were not actually hit. um, You're not going to hear very much about this. But our, our police officers are being hunted right now. We're seeing that that is happening. People are for no reason trying to or actually killing law enforcement officers as a direct consequence of the rhetoric of a movement that is entirely Democrat in its supporters and has been embraced by the Democrat Party. They are the anti-police party. They're the anti-law and order party. They should be held accountable for this at the ballot box. We shall have to see if that ends up happening. I, I, I worry, I really do, about the future of this country if in a year when we've seen such insanity from the left, the American people do not repudiate it by at least keeping the Trump status quo for another four years, but... Get ready for forty-five days, friends. Forty-five
1: days. Thanks for listening to the Bus Sex and Show podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcast, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Guess what, everybody? I wrote a book called The Socialism Survival Guide. It's short. It's only a couple hundred pages, uh, but I. It's about the twenty twenty election and what comes after it. I've got eight. Predictions that will come true after the next election. How to prepare for them now? The Socialism Survival Guide. Uh, wrote it quite a while ago. Just go to Bucksextonbook.com. Uh, Buck Buck you can get a copy of the Socialism Survival Guide. Eight radical predictions that will come true after the next election and how to prepare for them now. So you've been asking, "What am I write a book?" I, I wrote a book. It's an election book. So it's not like a a big topical book that I had been uh, thinking about for years. It's just um, what I see happening right now politically in this upcoming election. Now, remind just to be clear, I wrote this and we we went to press with this right before covid hit. So we had to update it and it got delayed uh, because obviously the world changed dramatically from, say, the end of 2019 when I handed this in the draft of it to uh, to present. But we've updated it. And, and the overall, the socialism aspects of this, if anything, are only more poignant now. So Buck dot com is the site you go to for that one. And we uh, we hope that you enjoy it. It's a quick read. Two hundred pages. Stansbury Research is my my publisher on this one. And they're my partner on the project. And they also include in each chapter uh, things you might want to think about doing financially in response to the political Uh, in response to some of the political predictions and things that i lay out so bucksextonbook.com please pick up a copy uh get it it's uh we'll be able to send it to you looks really nice you'll enjoy the socialism survival guide please uh grab your copy of it now just go on to bucksextonbook.com so with that uh what else do i have for you i guess producer mark what do you got for the weekend
6: and I'm, uh, it's a Jewish holiday, so uh, I'll be with the family having some dinner, but other than that, not much.
0: Oh, uh, there's a happy Russian... Sh- to- Tov? What's the thing? What's the Oh, phrase? you sound like Joe Biden. What is it? Shana Tova. Shana Tova,
6: yeah. Yes. Right? Joe Biden made the same mistake, so... What, what did he do? You didn't hear the clip? Uh, play five. All right.
3: May you have a healthy, happy, and sweet new year. And, you know, I just think that uh, it's, uh, you know, Shana
0: Tova, get it done. We, we, we can do this.
3: So
6: what, what,
0: is, is, what did he do wrong?
6: Well, no, he eventually said it right. It was just another. Oh, oh he what? His, huh? Yeah, take a second. Yeah, Shana, this Shana Tova. This is just a Biden yeah. Yeah.
0: Rush Rush Shana. So it's the new year. Interesting. Oh, there we go. All right. So you got a holiday. Are you guys doing, uh, are there any special foods that you eat? during this holiday uh no this isn't one of the uh, special
6: foods but you know you, you my, the mother-in-law is making a brisket and that I is always my
0: favorite yeah brisket's the best very cool well happy holidays producer mark thank and you and let's get to roll call
1: ain't no party like a team buck party because a team buck party don't stop Yeah, we got Buck turned up to 11.
0: It's time for Roll Call. Facebook.com slash Team Buck at iHeartMedia.com. Michelle, first up here. We have heard the Freudian slips from Joe and Kamala about a harris Biden administration but what if joe actually stepped down at some point after election who would be vp uh who would be vp michelle that's interesting i i don't i don't know i wouldn't be surprised. well no it, it, it's too tough i mean i could throw out a name but in that situation you know you, you never you never know who would you know probably like stacy abrams you know <laughs> they probably do that uh, if Harris became the 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 actual president, why not go for another of the favorite liberal choices out there that couldn't get enough a person who couldn't get enough votes? Uh, but nonetheless, that's what I think is. More, I, but it's a guess, a total guess. So I, I can't put any stock beyond that one. Uh, what do you say? Uh, Max writes, I usually enjoy your podcast, but you just about made my head explode up here in New Hampshire when you said blue New England states like New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts. Please, Massachusetts is bad enough. You don't have to add two more states to New England. Fair point, Max. I, I meant northeastern northeastern states. I know New England is what? New England is Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, Massachusetts, Rhode Island. Right? Yep, those five. Okay. but I mean, come on. New York and New Jersey are kind of, I mean, it's like, Honorary Honorary New England, sort of. You know, it's oh it's like almost New England. But you're right, you're right. I, I uh I goofed on that one. New Hampshire sounds nice, although the wintertime up there, I don't know. I don't know if there's enough firewood to keep me warm. Other than that, Max writes, I enjoyed your anti-mask rant. I have a dentist appointment tomorrow and I was told that I'd have to wear a mask when entering the office. I refused and said I'd rather cancel the appointment. They changed their mind and said I don't have to. Masks are performance art, shields Shields, on the other hand, very useful, especially when held high. Max, totally. Totally. Yeah, that's right. you got to wear a mask when you go into the dentist's office, and then you got to sit there in the chair for an hour with the dentist and not have a mask on. But it's really important you wear it for the five minutes you walk in. That's really, that's really, uh... (laughs) why are people so dumb? Why? I, I don't know. I don't know what to do about this. I don't know what to say. Uh, Alex Buck I discovered your broadcast on a local Portland talk radio network shortly after COVID hit weird but all of a sudden I spent a lot of time in the car on essential errands since that time I've tried to listen to you regularly as I find your combination of knowledge experience and perspective refreshingly insightful and humorous especially in the liberal echo chamber of the left coast thankfully my family and I moved to Idaho in July and we find ourselves in a much more open society now since moving here I listen to your podcast daily. Yours has the first uh, the distinction honor of being my first subscription on podcast. Never fail to laugh at your Fauci imitation as well as Chardonnay, Nancy Alex. That's so great. Welcome to the team. Thank you for that really uh, kind and encouraging note. And I'm glad you're able to find me in the Portland area. Now brought me with you to Idaho. Please spread the word. We want to grow team buck Idaho because that's, that's another state that uh, I, I just want to make sure we keep it red and I don't know that. Boise sounds like a nice place. I'm sure they're probably majority Democrat in Boise, but the area around Boise sounds like a nice, uh, nice enough place to go live. They think i to enjoy it. Rose, right? Took your advice and watched Richard Jewell. Not something I would normally watch, but I really enjoyed it. So many people don't realize what indomitable force the FBI and the media can be. Love your show, especially your impressions. Shields high. I don't know where that comes from unless you're a big Star Trek fan. So uh, if so, um, for the love of Spock was a good documentary by by Nimoy. Um, OK, I'll tell you I'll tell you this since we haven't talked about it in a while. Where does Shield Shield tie is really just a, a, a throwback to the very beginning of the show. It started when I used to do a show on Saturday, which is we also refer to as the OSS original Saturday squad. I was doing an internet-only radio show on Saturdays at The Blaze for three hours. And I had the kind of time then for each show to prep and do just occasional history segments on stuff people might find interesting. We did a lot of that. And I would speak about ancient Greek history from time to time. So one, one day we we're talking about the phalanx, which is the military formation of heavily, uh, heavily armored Greek warriors known as hoplites because of the hoplon shield they carried. And how they had to all stand shoulder to shoulder with shields high to make the phalanx effective, right? Also, the Spartans had that saying, come back with your shield higher on it, meaning come back in victory or come back dead. Anyway, from this discussion with Team Buck, I said that they were with me as though we were in a phalanx together in the fight. Shields high and it's stuck as a rallying cry. So it's really supposed to be about ancient Greece. Uh, and hoplite warfare and not about Star Trek per se. But if you like Star Trek, it could be Star Trek. It's just uh, a little bit like Roll Tide or something. You know, it's just like it's a rallying cry. And it's a reminder that really in life, so much of it is just being able to take the incoming, you know, to take so much of it is how, how you handle offense from the other side and being durable enough and, uh, and resilient enough to come back from it. And just be prepared because you're going to get kicked in the face. You're going to get punched in the face. You're, things are going to happen. Sometimes literally, but I mean that in a metaphorical sense. So that, uh, that rose is, is where it comes from. And as for Richard Jewell, I, look, I think it's, it's an excellent movie for what it is. And it really does show the unholy alliance between uh, people in the media and people in the FBI um, that can happen sometimes. Uh, It certainly happened with Russia collusion nonsense, right? It certainly happened in a way that it affected the Trump administration. So, yeah, Shields, uh, Shields High, Richard Jewell, Richard Jewell's good. Cobra Kai first season was pretty good, too. I'm just going to say it. Cobra Kai first season was a pretty solid flick. Kevin. Buck, I love the show. Gotta say, one of your followers said you are better than Rush. I I don't agree, but I do think you are the next Rush. Stay safe and move out of that crazy state. Shields high, brother. Well, Kevin, I mean, to even be talked about in the same sentence as Rush is an honor. So I'll I'll take it. I'll take it uh, either way, in any way. and anyway. Uh, and thank you very much for writing in.
1: You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Buck Sexton Show podcast.
0: More roll call here from Mary, right? Producer Mark is absolutely amazing and deserves a substantial raise. Mark, you can't have Mrs. Mark right in under the uh, pseudonym Mary, okay? We can't have that. I-, I do not know this Mary person, but I couldn't agree with her more. Uh, anyway, see so she says, Mark is amazing and deserves a raise. Buck, you're well on your way to becoming a national treasure. I consider you both family, the brothers I never had but always wanted to. I'm so thankful to Rush for having you on as a guest host. Uh, Buck. No, I'm thankful to Rush, too, for that. My question is for Mark. Is there a line that if crossed by any prefer, uh, professional sports league and or team would cause you to stop watching and supporting that league or team? P.S. I'm greatly looking forward to purchasing your gear once it's available. Producer Mark's penalty box will make a T-shirt. Uh. Mark, is there, is there, I'm, uh, that's a fair question, question to you. And she loves you. She thinks you should get a raise. So I know. She's on team Mark. Well, I agree with the raise part. It's not like I put out two podcasts and a radio
6: show a day. Um, regardless, um, sports, I think I share the same ideology in terms of sports with a lot of people. We're no matter what we're going to watch. We just love sports. We're dedicated fans. That's what's going to happen. I don't, I'm not going to think of some ridiculous movie-like scenario where I might stop watching sports. That's probably what it would take.
0: Right. And it, would, yeah. and it would also it would have to be individual to the sport. Right. And maybe it's even just individual to a team. Yeah. You know, I, I think, you know, if if the uh, if the New York football giants went out on the field and lit American flags on fire. OK, maybe you're going to take a little break from like rooting for the Giants. Exactly.
6: You know? <laughs> if the Giants owner started supporting the Nazis, maybe I'll stop watching the Giants. But uh, I don't yeah. think anything that ridiculous is going to happen.
0: I think I think that's probably a, a fair point. Any good games on this weekend?
6: Uh, I haven't really looked at the schedule much yet, but uh, I'm just going right. to watch Red Zone like I always do.
0: There you go. That way you don't miss, you don't miss any of the good stuff. You don't I, miss can, I can keep an eye on all stuff. my fantasy players. That's what I Where, What do you think about wearing the jersey to the game of the team? Honestly, thumbs that's up, thumbs down.
6: the only place I will wear a jersey anymore. Ah. I almost feel like a loser wearing a jersey at any time unless I'm going to a sporting event. Maybe a sports bar to watch a game, something like that. I used to be obsessed with jerseys as a kid, but not as much anymore.
0: Mm. All right. Well, there you have it. She wants a race for producer Mark. So we're going to run that one up the chain. Janet. Hey, Buck and producer Mark. I'm a daily one year listener. Buck, my husband is jealous of you because all I say is, well, Buck said this or that. Keep up the great work. Shields. high. Well, Janet, thank you so much. And make sure your hubs listens to the show, too. So Then you guys can discuss all the same political topics and everything else. We're all on the same page. Uh, but thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. It means a lot to us. Uh Chris next up here if masks work so well why are they Fauci and others trying to get us panicked and fearful about the upcoming flu season if masks work for covid and to- today apparently it's the cure then they should stop the flu as well correct love your show and listen every day keep up the good work ps i'm 61 and had covid it was not a death sentence uh Chris you ask a very you ask very good questions if masks are so effective that there's no question that they should be worn pretty much all the time when you're around any other human beings, indoor, outdoor, then why aren't they effective enough to let us, if you're wearing a mask indoors, to let us be around each other without any concern? I I, I don't I don't see uh, again. They don't know. They're just guessing. But and they're anyway, the whole thing. Kelly Buck, I completely agree with you. The lockdowns and mask mandates are out of control and infringing on our rights and liberties. You've mentioned that we as conservatives have lost this fight and that people have given up too easily, given up their rights. How should we, as everyday Americans who are fed up, engage in this fight? Can you give advice, thoughts on how we can stand up to the lockdown and mask tyrant? Shield sigh. Uh, Kelly, huh, that's, a, that's a good question. I mean, I'd like to say, you know, write your elected representatives, but I know that's, that's kind of the most cliched, You know, radio hosting, everyone. Write your, you know, call into the switchboard. Write your elected representative. I mean, but that can work. Uh, Usually doesn't, but it can work. And I would just say, you know, tell, spread the word, man. Get people to understand that this is nonsense. And because this has to be a mass movement, and one person going into a grocery store saying I won't wear a mask is causing a scene. Everyone walking into a grocery store saying this is dumb. I'm not wearing a mask anymore means that people aren't wearing masks anymore. Do you know what I'm saying? The problem is the mass hysteria has been all on the other side. And so the mass movement has been for lockdowns and against sanity. And that's why we have to go through all the stuff that, that we have here. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. I got to tell you. Jim writes, uh, hey, Buck and Mark, you bring up Democrats declaring health emergencies for things other than the pandemic. And it's already started in Michigan. Governor Whitless has declared racism a uh, public health emergency and is using it to advance the progressive agenda. I'm on a call fire. I am an on-call firefighter. And like all of the people in the state hold a license and now required to go through implicit bias, AKA critical race theory training based on this health emergency. Wow. That's amazing. The results we are seeing is many of us public servants thinking about quitting rather than being subjected to this crap. Luckily, every time she does things like this, it makes it even easier to pass the buck. Keep up the great work, guys. Um, Yeah, Jim, I I appreciate that. Uh, And it's it's out of control, man. People are people have gone totally nuts and they're abusing this and it doesn't make sense. And we have been far too we've been far too compliant, far too patient. Enough is enough. Uh, Let's let's take back sanity in this country. Let's take back sanity. And it's not going to be handed to us by Fouch and the rest of them. Everybody relax. Enjoy your weekends. Get ready for the fight next week because we are on that straight shot until the election now. Shields high.